Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park All right, Brian, thanks for being here, man. Uh, we're kind of talking about a subject that I've been kind of interested in is uh, Lyme disease, in which I think most people will be uh, benefiting from hearing about more in depth about this topic, subject, whatever you want to say. But uh, before we start getting the ball rolling, why don't you just do a little quick background of yourself and that way the viewers and listeners kind of know what we're getting into here, I guess. Okay, I'll give it a little brief one here. Yeah, yeah, a little brief. Uh, all right. Anyways, I, I am what they call a tick and Lyme disease prevention specialist. Okay. Which kind of makes me like a consultant, a conference speaker. And I also help uh, companies uh, with outdoor workers, especially, and, and outdoor enthusiasts with some uh, unique and cost-effective repellents. So uh, it, it's kind of unique. And then I call myself the tick terminator, <laughs> which which in, in itself is just crazy. I mean, if people, well, when people go to the website, they'll see my logo. It's a tick in the shape of a hand grenade, which <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> you, I, I can't even say it without smiling. You know what I mean? Uh, that's a cool, and, that's a cool concept, man. Oh, uh, it, it's an awesome logo. I just love, I didn't make it myself. I wish I could have credit for it, but I'm not that smart to, to come up with something this ingenious. But, so, uh, wait, so what got the ball rolling for you to go down this road and how did you get started into it? Is this something just growing up outdoors or what? I've always kind of had a weird fascination with ticks. Okay. And, uh, you know, even when I was a little kid, I would, I, I live in Michigan. Okay. Okay. And, uh, I lived, I, I, uh, was born in upper Michigan and, uh, my dad was state cops. So we moved down to lower Michigan, but my grandparents lived in upper Michigan. So we travel up there about 500 miles you know, probably about once a year to visit them. And uh, they had ticks at, 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 at their place because they lived in, a, in, a, in the woods. Uh, we didn't have them back home when I, when I was a kid down lower Michigan. So uh, to me, it was kind of like a, a novelty, you know, visiting grandma, grandpa, you know, you think, hey, what kind of cartoons do they have, you know, when you're a little kid? And then they had these little creatures called ticks. Yeah. And they were kind of like mosquitoes, but they crawled on you and you couldn't feel them. And when they bit you, you didn't even know it either. But in those days, in the 60s and 70s, we never had a problem with them, ever. They were just a little nuisance. Interesting. Yeah. Why not a problem back in then? Well, I mean, they would bite us, but I don't know. Uh, nobody even talked about Lyme disease or any of the other tick-borne diseases. They were just kind of a nuisance because actually uh, Lyme disease wasn't really given a name until the mid-70s. Uh, in New England, where there were some uh, young uh, adolescent kids that had this weird uh, disease in this one community, uh, especially like in Connecticut. I say the parents. What's that? Mom, Connecticut. Exactly. Yeah, in Lyme, Connecticut. That's where it got the name. Yeah. So uh, I mean, it's been around for a long time, you know, hundreds of years, but that's where it got the name. Right, right there. Well, so. You know, I did. I tried to do a little research on them before uh, we talked today. That way, I could halfway speak and halfway intelligent, I guess, about it. But, <laughs> sure. Yeah, you know, so I don't go in here completely dumbfounded. But so, when, like you just said, they started in Michigan. But wasn't there something that they moved? Or when I say they, I'm not sure. But um, they were moving either deer or moving cat cattle or something across Michigan, maybe a Wisconsin. And like all these ticks started showing up along the interstates through there and then all of a sudden i guess they took all these deer over towards the east coast 
and the East Coast has kind of blew up with Lyme disease compared to the rest of the U.S. Is that sort of kind of? Well, you got two two locations correct. The East okay. Coast, pretty much New England, that's kind of like ground zero. That's the worst case of Lyme disease in the United States. And you're talking about New England. You're talking about uh, Massachusetts, and then above it, you got uh, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, and then you got New York, and then uh, underneath that's Pennsylvania, and underneath Massachusetts, you got Connecticut, Rhode Island. You draw a circle around that, and that's pretty much uh, uh, the main, the worst part in the country. Incidentally, during the fat, the, the last uh, 25 years, they've seen a 300% increase in Lyme cases in that area. Now, where where I live in the Midwest, in Upper Michigan. You draw a circle around Upper Michigan uh, uh, and Michigan in general, and then Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, down in Iowa, Illinois, Ohio, and, and that area. Uh, we're number two. During the last 25 years, we've seen a 250% increase in Lyme cases. Really? So uh, that that's that's kind of, those are the worst places. They're around other places too, but then you have other diseases, you know, like babesiosis, leukiosis, tularemia, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, you know, Powassan and uh, Alpha Gal syndrome, which which we can get into later too. But yeah. That's kind of uh, the worst places for them, if you look on a Lyme disease map. Okay. Well, this is a good place to start. Well, how did Lyme disease originate? I mean, did it literally just come from ticks, or was it something? You know, I read a couple of conspiracy theories that we can go down, and that some. Yeah. I think there was a book by, uh, I think it's just called Bitten. I can't remember the author of it, but yeah. the, I think it was a girl, and she actually talked about how it could be uh, uh, made by the military and yeah warfare and i don't i think that's going kind of far out there based on i didn't read the book obviously but that's kind of what uh the reviews and some people were talking about the critiques i guess that uh might be a little far out there but anyway yeah they they do say that it's been around for hundreds of years uh gosh i I can't i can't remember where i have it right now but i was you know looking that up and and, uh it goes way back hundreds and hundreds of years Mm -hmm. where people have had these conditions that now kind of relate to what Lyme disease is. I'm not a Lyme disease expert. I call myself a tick and Lyme disease prevention specialist. I see. Is really my forte, if you want to say it. I'm all about the prevention. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I, I know a fair amount about Lyme, but I had a, actually a friend. Uh, well, what really kind of spurred me on here recently in the last 10 years was a friend of mine uh, had a really bad case of Lyme. And I don't know if you're familiar with anybody that's ever had Lyme disease. A few people. Uh, it is just awful. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's, people it's die like, from it even. Yeah, it sounds like it, it's kind of case by case scenario. But you know, I've heard some people if you catch it early enough and you take the antibiotics, that you're you can kind of beat it, correct? But if you don't, yeah, you don't really understand that's when it kind of starts messing with your joints and your immune system, and it can go absolutely. Like, yeah. people, I, I read one report. One guy was in a hospital for over a year with it. He just couldn't get it. Right. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people have spent anywhere from 500 bucks to literally up to a half a million yeah. on trying to get rid of it. I mean, because and, and, and everything in between. But anyways, a few years ago, probably about eight years ago, I had a friend of mine that, that was really battling a bad case of it. At the same time, I was incidentally doing some of my original research and just for kicks, you know what I mean? Because my wife hates him, of course. Sure. <laughs> and uh, I was just trying to learn more about him. And then when he, ha- he got uh, the Lyme disease, uh, or maybe it was a rebirth of it or, you know, rejuvenated again. Uh, he was going through, I mean, this is a guy that's in good shape. Uh, he was a, a bodybuilder in his younger days. Uh, so, I mean, he said, Brian, he says, I was just curled up in, my, in the bedroom on the floor in the fetal position, just, just, die, just painful. And uh, it just, he couldn't even open a bottle of water. He said he was so weak. Now he has since gotten some help, but, but you were right there that you, I, I want to allude to what you just talked about there. The biggest thing I talk about is early detection and early treatment. You're exactly right. Uh, if somebody gets bit, I mean, I usually say this toward the end, but since we already brought up, I, I'll, I'll bring it up now and probably yeah. even again. Yeah, that's fine. If somebody gets bit by a tick, uh, you never see a tick with a little L on their back saying, I got Lyme disease. Okay. <laughs> you know, of course not. <laughs> so you got to treat them all like, like, like they're going to be a problem, but sometimes you get bit by a tick and they have no problem at all. None, zero, not all of them are, you know, full of Lyme disease or any other tick-borne disease. But if they give any kind of bad reaction, let's say, let's say if that bite swells up 
yeah. if it if it gives the the uh the famous bullseye rash then that's for sure a problem they say about 40 to 50 percent actually give that bullseye rash but let's say they don't give a bullseye rash my little niece got little rashes all over her body she was like four or three and uh her mom noticed that and she went in and she got antibiotics uh, but, you know, having the achy joint, the flu-like symptoms that you talked about there mm-hmm. is exactly right. And uh, if you have those symptoms, just think about this COVID, since we're in the COVID you know, area, uh, COVID is going to be uh, respiratory, you know, like uh, uh, in your chest, sure. where uh, a tick-borne disease is not going to be there. But other than that, they may have very similar, you know, achy joints, flu-like symptoms, just feeling really crappy. Uh, they're going to be similar. Uh, but talking to a doctor, let's say if you know you got bit, mm-hmm. okay, sometimes people get bit, they don't even know it. So uh, if you know you got bit and have those symptoms, then you need to see a doctor within days or a week or something like that. Uh, and then if they get an antibiotics, typically, which is doxycycline, now, I'm not a doctor here and I don't play one on TV or anything. Oh, I'm not either, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, uh, like you said, early treatment, early detection, early treatment is absolutely the most important thing because tick borne diseases never get better on their own, they only progressively get worse, is it, typically what, I, what I've ever seen and, and read about. So, yeah. uh, I mean, any kind of bad reaction in the beginning is uh, so important to don't ignore that so have to take care and make sure that doctor if 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 you know you got bit by a tick and uh, if that doctor says oh no that's okay well you go to another doctor then because uh people that have bad lyme disease cases uh a lot of times didn't know they got bit by a tick yeah and they end up going to uh, about 10 different doctors a lot of times until somebody finally diagnoses it correct because lyme disease is called the great imitator it can imitate like fibromyalgia, uh, multiple sclerosis, uh, numerous other things because of the way it, it comes out, you know, it, it, it makes you feel. So it's nasty. I didn't know that. At yeah. All. Well, sorry. Right. So if you usually if you catch it early enough and you get the antibiotics, you might be okay. Correct. Yeah. Yep. In but, most cases, that's going to take care of it. Yep. So. First thing, if you see the bullseye target, you should immediately go see a or the bullseye thing. You should go see a doctor quick, right? Yep, yep. But is is if you don't if you don't have it and you think you may have gotten bitten, do doctors kind of pass it off and say no, you probably don't have it, or is it or do doctors not want to diagnose you with that right off the bat? Do you think, or is it more of just, eh, you know, we'll figure it out later until you start developing symptoms? I mean, what do you think? Well, a lot of times what happens is is uh, people it depends on where you live too. Okay. If you live in the tick areas like East Coast and, and those two spots that I'm talking about, yeah. where doctors are even more familiar with that than they are in, uh, let's say, Arizona, for example. I'm not knocking doctors anyplace. I'm just saying, you know, they're more familiar with it in certain areas. Uh, they, they may notice, you, you may tell them that you got bit, and it may show some, some may not show the signs that Lyme, this, the Lyme disease. Okay. It's not uncommon now, I'm not a doctor here, kid, but I'm not. It's not uncommon for sometimes doctors to put somebody on that uh, doxycycline, anyways, just to make sure. Okay. Even if they don't have everything, because you can't test for uh, for Lyme disease in the first week or two. It's, it needs to be in the system for several months, and then it's too late. So they ha- they have to do their diagnosis based on uh, symptoms. You know, like achy joints, flu-like symptoms. Uh, 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 sometimes a bad reaction. I mean, people have even gotten uh, their eyes go funny. They may get brain fog. Ooh, uh, I, I was I wanted to bring that up a little bit. Yeah, that. Yeah, there's uh, numerous different things like that that uh, uh, they that they can play into the factor here. So they're not all exactly the same. So, but, so why why is the East Coast and like the Northeast seem to be the most common areas? You know, rather than out west, just because it's cold. I mean, does it, Ticks die in the winter. I mean, is it because of the you know environment? I mean, what's, what's the deal? Why is the East Coast seem to be the hot, the hot bed of it all? I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's not because the ticks don't die in the winter. Because I mean, uh, they, they dive down under. No, oh. during, during the in the fall. I mean, they're pretty much around from let's say March to November. Okay, especially okay. in the winter in a, in a, in a colder climate. So no, I'm not sure what, what state are you in. I'm in Virginia. So okay. I mean, they have plenty of problems there in Virginia yeah, too. We do. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, you guys get some snow on occasion. Sure. Uh, and you're going to have your insects and bugs probably about the same months as we do, you know, March through November. And then they taper off some for the winter. Uh, then they come out again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't die in the winter because they dive down under the leaf litter. And then in our areas, snow is a wonderful insulator. I mean, a couple inches of snow and, and, and they're insulating no problem at all. And God gave them some special little enzyme that acts as antifreeze. So it also helps them, you know, survive the winter. So there's hardly any die off from ticks in the wintertime. They're virtually none. Interesting. Um, yeah, I wish they would, but uh, they, they don't. Okay. So. Well, well, you're a prevention specialist. So let's, let's get into like the prevention of it all. So we just kind of got a little bit of background of it. But okay. So for example, let's say I know. You know, I've been camping a handful of times in my life and, you know, you get home, you get your buddies, you know, hey, look at me, you got any ticks on me or whatever. But what if you're out there by yourself and you get one stuck on the middle of your back? You know, what's what's the process? I mean, do I take like a back scratcher and try to get it off? I mean, you know, uh, you know, my stepdad, he uh, he raised foxhounds for a while and he would burn ticks off the dogs and uh, get them off like that. Just take a, you know, a cigarette lighter and just burn them. So not the dog, <laughs> the tick, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what's the best way to prevent them? I mean, what do you do if you're out there, if you get one on you? I mean, well, actually, if, if, if you get one on you, let's say, say that, then I'll talk about prevention. Okay. If you get one on you, actually think about this even. The way you take a tick off is also uh, important, too. I mean, you think about it. I mean, we have all just grabbed them by their fingers mm-hmm. and pulled them off. I'll think, I, I have a little tick that I I can show you. I'll grab here real quick. Go ahead. <laughs> On of course i i have a tick like this you know <laughs> oh nice looks like a dog toy <laughs> yeah so anyways it's got it's all the eight legs you know like like all ticks have but let's say it, it's 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 uh, stuck on you uh the best way to take a tick off is to grab it the closest to the skin as possible you don't want to really grab it by the body but kind of think about somebody grabbing you around their stomach you know what i mean yeah you're kind of more apt to heave you know or basically puke yeah uh, but it's the same thing with a tick because uh, the quicker you get a tick off, the better also. That's why it's important during tick season to check check yourselves every day because you never know when they're going to be on there. The longer they're on there, the more apt they are to, to give you something bad. Sure. Some ticks can give it in a few minutes. Other ticks can give something, you know, in 24 hours or more. Uh, so it depends on numerous factors. But grabbing at the very base and pulling it straight up, don't spin it around. Don't play with it a lot. Here's the thing. You don't want to tick off a tick and get a mat. All right? <laughs> so, so what you do is you want to take them off as gently as you can. So therefore, they're a lot less apt to puke in you the bad stuff while you're taking them off. Oh, okay. Okay. So if you're making them mad, they're apt to puke the bad stuff in you, which you don't want. So take them off gently. And then uh, if, if, if you have a, I mean, it's not a bad idea. You can even save the tick if you want. There's plenty of places where you could send them in, you know, if you really want to and have it uh, looked at and they could tell you if it had Lyme disease. I mean, I have those on my website where people can, my website has all kinds of good information. Uh, And that's called the tick terminator. But anyways, uh, yeah. So taking a tick off, I mean, uh, a fine tip tweezers is a good thing to grab Mm -hmm. right to the bottom. Uh, Or there's another little thing called a tick key that you can uh, take them off with there too. What is a tick key? I've never heard of that. It's essentially a little uh, round thing that the, the tick pops into and you just slide it right off. Huh. It, it's it's kind of cool how, how it's tapered like that. I carry one with me in case I ever need it. Uh, but yeah, taking being gentle with them and then watching that tick bite. Yeah. You know, see if you have any bad reaction. Now, here's the other thing is uh, in the springtime, which we're approaching here now, uh, the little ticks are, are in our areas are going to come out, all right? And they're the size of a – they were born last summer, all right? And they're going to come out this next spring the size of a poppy seed. They're so small you can barely even see them on your shoelaces, really? let alone your skin. And they say that because they're so small, they're a lot more apt to – you're a lot more apt to get bitten by them because you didn't notice them the size of a of a, of a full-grown uh, tick. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's why it's so important for, for prevention. And uh, I, I recommend uh, – my, my number one thing for prevention I recommend is called permethrin, if you've ever heard of that before. I don't think I have. What is that? 
that is the, the industry standard, best thing you could possibly use for prevention. Permethrin has, has been around since about 73 when it was created. Uh, it was created for uh, uh, farmers actually can spray it on their crops. Farmers can spray it on their cattle. Uh, doctors use it for uh, uh, lice, uh, you know, on, on people. And uh, another, these are each different formulations. And the fourth formulation is to spray on your clothes. Mm-hmm. And that's what I use it for. I mean, I spray it on my, my shoe, socks, pants, and clothes. And the cool thing about the way permethrin works, Chris, is, is this. And I'll compare it to DEET because I, I know you heard about DEET. I've heard of that. Yeah, off, you know, everything. A lot of people have, have DEET. For, and it's, DEET is, is wonderful. Created in 1945 for the military. The way DEET works is that when, uh, when it's on your, you know, your skin or your clothes or whatever, a mosquito or little flies come close to you and their little antennas sense that smell. Okay. Okay. That odor, that aroma. And it tells the little mosquito that there's no blood there. So then they fly away. Oh, all right. I see. So that's the way that works. And it works great. It's it's one of the best things out there for, for skin. It's it's no problem. Uh, The way permethrin works is different. It's called a contact repellent. And what that means is they don't notice it until they come in contact with it. So what happens is, let's say, I mean, I've watched this happen to me. And, and to me, it's, I mean, the tick terminate. I mean, this is, this is cheap entertainment, you know? <laughs> when, when I, when actually, <laughs> I'm watching a tick crawl up my pants. And every step, you know, those pants that are treated with, you know, just sprayed on. Yeah. And every step it takes, it's driving its nervous system crazy. It can't stand it. All right. Right. And it eventually, if they if they're on me for a minute or, or longer, they say that, that that's it'll eventually do them in. It, it not only repels them, but it'll actually kill them too, eventually. Okay. Which is really cool. It doesn't bother us at all. So it's wonderful because obviously they're made totally different than us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I have actually watched them fall off my pants before. And I say, you know, (laughs) it didn't didn't bite me then. I actually watched a little black fly land on my thigh a couple years ago. And this was really entertaining because this thing was, you know, it it was tiptoeing on my pants, on my thigh. Like it just landed on, on, on hot coals, you know? Yeah. Because to them, it feels like an electric grid. It drives them nuts. And it's kept tiptoeing around. And I swear, if that thing could talk, they would say, what the heck did I just land on here? You know, I've never touched this before. So it eventually flew off. And I, and again, I said, cha-ching, you know, <laughs> I won. Got him. Because it didn't bite me, you know? Yeah, for sure. So that, that's that's how permethrin works. And this is one, here, another cool thing about permethrin is you don't have to put it on every day. I treat my clothes and stuff for like three months at a time. Really? I can go up to six months at a yeah. time. Yeah, because I spray it on there, and those molecules stick to the fabric, and even through the laundry, it still stays on for, let's say, weeks and months at a time. So it's great. I mean, if, if you're a camper, I mean, for campers, uh, anybody, outdoor workers, uh, to, to treat their clothes with that, it's just the coolest thing because you don't have to do it every day like you would with DEET, you know? So DEET is for the skin, permethrin is for clothes, and, and gear, I mean, tent, backpack, you know, all kinds of different things like that. Is permethrin pretty well known? I mean, I, I've never really heard of it before. I mean, is it a big, a big mark? I mean. It's it's not known enough. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it's not. No, that's why I got the big mouth. And when I, <laughs> when I mean, I, it's that great of a product. Yeah, I mean, we got to get the yeah, word. I mean, our military treats all their clothes in a special way that we can't do as civilians for okay. decades uh they, they've been using it for a long time it's pretty much uh retail now in the last 20 years okay well we'll round it off at that i mean maybe a little bit longer but uh but i mean i when i was doing my research on this a few years ago when my buddy was going through such a hard time i i was thinking okay how do i get these ticks out of my house you know how do i stop them from coming to me and and then i bumped into permethrin i thought here it is man this is what i've been looking for and I've been a spokesman for it ever since. And, and I work with a manufacturer now. And, and of course, I, you know, I have it on my website. Sure. But that's that's what I really promote a lot. You know, uh, I work with a lot of uh, companies that say power companies, you know, 
you got linemen walking through grass to get to the power pole on the, on yeah. the right away. Uh, and uh, they're going to spray their clothes down with it because, you know, I mean, uh, especially alignment. I mean, they're, uh, uh, they're, they're at the top of the food chain, I guess, if you want to say, as far as essential workers. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I got a buddy who, who's a lineman, and, yeah, I respect yeah. the hell out of him. He goes out there in the, the shit, for lack of a better word, and it's like, man. Oh, yeah, some he's I don't the do. worst. Yeah. Why? To give us power. You know, our, you know, our whole lives are start with, you know, our, you know, power and electricity. So anyways, uh, yeah, they're, they're a, a big one for that. I work with a lot of the uh, power companies like that. And then also vegetation management, the people who make the, keep the power lines clear, you know, yeah. the vegetation, the trees and stuff like that, they're going out there cutting it down and keeping them clear. So those are a couple of my big customers and also uh, backpackers, uh, hikers, you know, uh, people like that, that they can, they can spray their clothes and their, their tents, their gear, their, that kind of stuff and be good for weeks and months at a time. So anybody, any outdoor enthusiast, you know, even people in the spring here that come out, uh, uh, the, you know, they got cabin fever. When the snow starts to melt, they're going out there looking for, for mushrooms or just walking in the woods or looking for sheds, you know, from deer horns or, or whatever, you know? Yeah. I got a friend and we were talking about, you know, I was telling him what I was doing tonight with the podcast and who, who I had on and, uh, and he hikes, you know, from time to time, and he's nervous about, you know, getting ticks, or he, he well, he's not, he doesn't want to get ticks on him, obviously, or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, mainly, uh, what is that? Is there a Rocky Mountain tick or a Lone Star tick? And that if you get, yeah, it can mess you up from eating red meat for the rest of your life. Yeah, a Lone Star tick that has a little white dot on its back. Yeah. Oh, that's and that's actually, act, 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 that's in your area. We don't have that disease in our area as much. Really? But yeah. Yeah, it's it's more or less in the uh, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and in, in the eastern shoreboard in the south southeastern shore uh, of the United States is where that is. And what that means is, uh, uh, it's called alpha gal syndrome uh, uh, that the uh, the Lone Star tick can give somebody if they get bitten. All right, and what happens is uh, that's a, a allergic reaction to red meat. They uh, they could get bit, and say a couple of days later they're eating a steak someplace. Sure. And all of a sudden, they could have a allergic, allergic, a bad allergic reaction. They could even maybe go into anaphylactic shock, and they don't even know what it is. All right. Sure. Uh, no, I don't think anybody's ever died from it. Okay. But it's it's pretty miserable, you know, for a while. And then I think I'm not an expert on this, but uh, it goes away a little bit, and then maybe a couple of weeks later, they have another steak, and it happens again. So and hopefully, they can correlate that, you know, to the eating the steak. And seeing a doctor, and uh, sometimes some people are allergic to red meat, and for the rest of their life. So it kind of comes and goes. Like you might be okay well, one, yeah. The next week, only eating the red, only eating the red meat. Yeah. In in some shape or form, but in a lot of cases, it's sometimes it's a lifetime thing. You're done with red meat. Oof. I know. Think about that. Oof. You know. I mean, for those meat eaters out there, I mean, I'm a meat eater, but I mean, yeah, that's what well, we were talking about. It's like, man, you know, I, I like red meat, you know? Oh, yeah, we all do, you know, yeah. very common, unless we're vegetarians, but well, yeah, uh, yeah, not all of us, but yeah, but that, that, that could definitely be a factor. So, I mean, like him, uh, I recommend, you know, using permethrin okay. uh, to, to, to treat their stuff before they go out. It's, it's best. I mean, the way I, I use it is I, I, uh, I promote uh, a permethrin. I mean, you can get permethrin at a lot of different places, you know, Walmart, you know, uh, Cabela's, you know, uh, okay. Mass Pro Shop type places. And uh, all, all their, their, their I've, I've used theirs and they're fine. They're good. And they're good for, they call it six weeks and six washes or six laundries. Yeah. Right. And I I work with a company that has a, a very unique uh, brand of permethrin. Actually, it's the only one in the market that puts you in control of how long it will last because it's the only concentrate that you can get out there and uh, you mix it up yourself at home. So that's why it's good for the individual, especially where they would do that. You could mix it to last. Let's say, uh, let's say you got a family and you got kids going to camp for a week. Mm -hmm. All right. You could treat all their clothes for just three weeks. You don't need to have it to the whole full six weeks. because those clothes, you're just going to be for a week. So you'd use the lowest amount. And, and treat them for six weeks or, or three weeks. And let's say you're going camping or let's say uh, uh, you're going to be someplace a lot of times for several months. You could treat your clothes for nine, nine weeks or 12 weeks or up to 24 weeks. 
you decide by how much you mix of this concentrate. It's kind of like dish soap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it right? Uh, it's like a powder or how do you mix it? I mean, yeah, it, it's a liquid Okay. that you just pour in a little cup and then you put that cup in a 32 ounce bottle that comes with it. Mm -hmm. It's right on my website there. Uh, but anyways, yeah, you, you decide how long it's going to last by how much you mix in there. So it puts you in control. Nice. So if you're a permethrin user, anytime you use any kind of concentrate, it literally, it will cut your permethrin costs by like 50% because you're mixing, you're not, you're not buying water. You're buying a concentrate, you know, with a, with a mixing bottle and a little cup, it comes with everything in a box. So it's, it's, it's yeah, well, that's definitely the way to go. If you're an outdoor enthusiast and you see yourself out there a lot. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you decide how long it's going to last. Then you spray it on your clothes. I tell people spray it on your clothes. Uh, and you got, it's best to do it outdoors. I even have a video, you know, a little bit about that on my website too, of course, but you spray it on your clothes, let them dry overnight. You want to spray it on there so, so they get damp. You know, you can see the color change, like your jeans or your shirt, mm -hmm. how they start to get damp, a little color change. Uh, and then let them dry overnight. I mean, technically you could spray them on and go right then. You could go out with them wet, uh, but it's just more convenient. I, I like to think anyways, is, you know, spraying them all like that. Yeah. And uh, the nice thing also about it, is uh spraying your shoes too don't forget your shoes of course because a lot of little uh uh ticks will get on your shoes because it's close to the ground oh so yeah. That, yeah so do you know where where, where you're going to get ticks at where, where do you think they're going to get on you easiest or first probably your shoes your ankles or something or yeah yeah. Because remember, ticks do not drop out of trees. They don't fly. They don't oh, jump. Right. Yeah, they're, they're going to be typically on vegetation about for your knees on down, approximately yeah. like grass yeah. and brush like that. Okay. That makes and sense. they're just, they're just opportunists. They're just sitting there. They have eight legs. So about six of those legs, they grab onto the, the, the blade of grass and the other two, the, the top two, sit out there like like uh, little radars okay mm -hmm. and they're sensing what's coming by they smell our co2 all right and that, i mean to them that's the best that's the dinner bell man the co2 <laughs> they, they love that that's that's food to them you know that's blood <laughs> so so uh they, then they if, so, if something comes by let's say like us or some little animal mm -hmm. they just latch out they don't even ask i mean they're hitchhikers i mean they're Doesn't matter yeah i know they're selfish you know but <laughs> they're selfish. Yeah. Uh, and then they start crawling around looking for a place to eat. Do ticks have any uh, predators? I mean, what's eating ticks? Is, is that bug? They, they definitely, they have enemies too. I, I, I got stories really? about everything. That's cool. Yeah. yeah we, that's, I'm <laughs> like, I was like, is there anything? I mean, what's attacking ticks? I mean, do they have any enemies? Yeah. Well, they do have enemies too. That's one of, one of my previous days. They have enemies like ants and spiders, praying mantis, grasshoppers, centipedes. Yeah. And some birds, all right? Now, they also, the poultry family, you know, like chickens and guinea hens and turkeys, they all like them too. Yeah. Uh, there was a study done in, in the state of Maine a couple of years ago, a number of years ago, uh, and because they have a really bad tick problem up there. And uh, they were figuring that uh, the turkeys, when turkeys go through the woods, I mean, they have a voracious appetite. I mean, they go through there like a Galdar vacuum cleaner, you know, sucking up everything. They're eating the, the ants and the spiders and praying mantis. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. And, and the ticks too. So what there was, their theory was that the turkeys are eating a lot of the ticks' natural enemies as they're going through this. So the ticks have less enemies 
So they're able to thrive even more because of the turkeys. That makes sense. Who would have thought that? Yeah. You know? Also, another animal that likes to eat them is, is a, a possum. All right? Hmm. Possums are innocent little animals. They don't hardly harm anything unless they go into somebody's garbage, you know? Yeah. They're never going to attack anybody. They just kind of, uh, they're very nocturnal, of course, so they just hang around. <laughs> and they go through the grass, and they get ticks on them, okay? Yeah. And possums are kind of like cats, where cats are, a cat will groom themselves, okay? Sure. Where a dog does not, you know, we got to clean a dog if you have a dog. Yeah. But cats will groom themselves, and possums groom themselves also. So what happens is uh, the possums are, you know, they lay back and they say, oh, look at these little brown spots, baby. It looks like chocolate. <laughs> so they're munching on them. They eat them by the thousands and they just, they just love ticks. So, so I, you ever see a possum out there say, hey, baby, go and eat all the ticks you want, you know? Is it? So, so let's say the possum's eating a tick with Lyme disease. I mean, would that Lyme disease transfer over into the possum from eating it, you think? Or no? Or any other? No, I no, oh, no. animals are a little different i mean a dog can definitely get uh, lyme disease from being bitten by a tick right but not all uh, obviously animals are going to get treated differently than us uh deer you know <laughs> get a lot of ticks on them of course i've heard this thing. i've seen pictures yeah. of it it's rough especially it's like a, oh. like, like a frisbee on them man it's like they're all covered in just one little oh wow. some awful pictures yeah because i mean let me tell you the life cycle of a, of a tick is uh is basically a female tick gives birth to uh, about a thousand to five thousand ticks at a time. Damn. All right. I know. I, I, <laughs> I didn't realize it was funny. Uh, that's just way too many. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, then they're in the shape of an egg. All right. In the middle of the summer. So they're they're on the forest floor. Okay. They break out of that egg in a couple of weeks, and then, like any newborn, they're looking for some food. Yeah. All right. Now it depends on where they're at. If they're in the south, uh, do you have? Uh, a lot of white footed mice in your area? Do you have skinks, like little lizards? Uh, a lot more mice. And see, I've never seen a lot of lizards like that, what you're talking about. But okay. more mice. They call them skinks, not skunks, but skinks. I've never heard Those of that. Those are more in the, in the southern states then. Okay. You're kind of uh, not quite. Yeah, I'm like, south, right in the, obviously. I'm like right in the middle of uh, right in the touching almost North Carolina, Tennessee border, part of Virginia. So. Okay. I, I can see that then. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, they, they, since they're on the ground and they're tiny microscopic, they want to get on something. So they're going to get on a, usually a white-footed mouse. Okay. Okay. So they're, they're so they're feeding on this white-footed mouse, and the germs or the pathogens from that white-footed mouse that goes into the tick is actually what gives them Lyme disease or any other tick-borne disease. They're not born with any diseases. They get it from their host. Mm. Okay. Mm, okay. So they stay on that for a couple of days. Then they drop off. They do whatever ticks do, which uh, ain't a whole lot. You know? <laughs> So since the, now they're born with only six legs, so when they get off, they're going to molt into the next series, and they're going to grow two more legs, and then they come out now in the north, they're going to come out in the spring, and probably in your area, going to come out in the spring. Yeah. And they're going to, and uh, if they got Lyme that summer before from that white-footed mouse, the next spring when they can come out, they're going to be a nip-sized tick, the size of a poppy seed like I was talking about. Right. right? And they, then they, want, they only eat one time a year. Uh, most of these ticks that I'm talking about here. All right. There's other ones that have different eating habits, but the bulk of them we'll talk about these ones here that are in your area and my area mostly. Okay. Okay. Uh, but anyways, uh, so then they look for for the host. It could be uh, you know us or some little varmint uh, that has blood. Then they eat on that for a couple of days, and they drop off. Then they molt in the next series that that fall, that winter, and come out the next spring as an adult. Uh, and as an adult, they're going to be bigger, of course. Then they're going to get on something bigger than two. Typically, it could be us or uh, or a deer. They get on that deer, and uh, they feed on the deer, and then they mate. And then they ride the deer the rest of the winter. The next spring, the male gets off, and he dies. The female gets off, and she gives birth anywhere between 1,000 to 5,000 babies, and then she dies too. So the life cycle is about three years. And so they so, just keep moving. They start small, then just keep moving to bigger. Yeah. Right, I guess. And then yep. they just fall off and die. That's most of the ticks. That's that's like the uh, the black-legged tick, which we call the deer tick. That's a lone star tick. Uh, the American dog tick. Uh, those are the, the the popular ones. You have other ticks that, that are soft-body ticks that are going to be out, out west. And uh, 
let's say in Colorado, uh, uh, New Mexico, maybe some of those states where these uh, soft ticks, uh, they, they nest in varmint uh, nests, let's say a, a nest of, a, of a squirrels or uh, woodchucks or something like that, okay? okay. And let's say uh, somebody's out backpacking. Here's an example. This, is, this was told a lot. They're, uh, they're backpacking and they see this old, we'll call it a trapper shack, you know, that was built 100 years ago or whatever. And uh, they say, hey, I'm going to go in and stay there that night. Well, a lot of times they will have little varmints that they may not have noticed that are nesting in that place. So they're sleeping at night and these ticks will crawl down at night and feed on these people oh, for God. maybe 20 minutes or so God. and then go back up and you didn't even know you got bit. Sounds so, scary, man. I know, they're the sneaky ones. What the you know? heck? I know, so that's pretty crazy out there. I didn't know ticks so that, that can happen. I didn't know ticks were that smart. I know what those ones are. That that's uh, pretty crazy. But that's not my mo most of my area is is uh, all the rest of the ticks. You know the hard body ticks. You yeah. know there's about how many is there? About seven. What was that? Yeah, how, many? how many species in the world? About eight hundred different species of ticks in the world. I would have never even guessed close to or guessed close to that. We only have about uh, fifty, maybe here in the, in the United States, at, at the most, probably. I would. I would, I would have never said that. fifty. I mean, I just learned to literally learned about that Lone Star tick maybe uh, today or yesterday. So, yeah, yeah. So I figured it was but, just two, uh, one. Yeah. Hey, oh man, it's kind of it's kind of hard. I mean, you know, we're talking about you know you're talking about repellents and stuff. I mean, for people who have pets, I mean, can they put that uh, stuff on their dogs? Or they can, but there are so many other good things to put on dogs. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, lots of stuff. I mean, they can talk to their vet. I'm not a dog. I don't have a dog. I'm not really a dog person, but a lot of people ask me about that. I said, can you use it on there? Yeah. But I say there's a lot of other stuff that are, is even more convenient to use. There's tablets they can eat. Uh, that, oh. And, they're, and they're, they can have collars. That they, they can. You don't want to use anything that the dog uses. I mean, some people do that. And I don't recommend that at all where they'll put a dog collar on their, on their, uh, on their legs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not bare legs, you know, but pants or something like that to keep. Sometimes I always wonder if there's uh there's tick collars actually are working or not, or is it just kind of a, a gimmick, I guess. I don't know. I think they work. I, I know uh, the chewables yeah. uh, work pretty heard, well for dogs. I've heard, I've heard good things out of those. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot of good things out of those. I think sometimes when they bite the dog, then they die. So in other words, because dogs can really get it. I mean, dogs start, uh, if they get Lyme disease, you know, they, they lose their motor skills. I mean, like their rear end is just flopping around. They can't walk right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it can be bad for them. Uh, and they need to be treated then, too. Do, uh, do ticks serve any good purpose to nature? Besides, I mean, just getting on people and giving us Lyme disease. I mean, is, is they actually, <laughs> part of the food chain? Yeah, I mean, does they actually do anything that you know? Well, I mean, why are we? Why do we not try to eradicate ticks? When I say we, not me, I'm not trying. But I guess you know, I, I read about people maybe trying to do controlled burns or something and try to get them out. And I mean, that's not a bad idea. But I mean, it, 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 they're really tough to get rid of. Really tough to get rid of because there's so many. There's just no. Yeah. So I mean. Thank goodness that uh, it, up in uh, Vermont and Maine, they're having a really severe problem with, with they, what they call a winter tick. Now, those don't harm people very much, but they're just devastating the moose herd up there. And I mean, what they, what they do is the ticks I was talking about for us, you know, like, like the, the, uh, the deer tick, the, the lone star tick and uh, the American dog tick, mm -hmm. those are usually on for a few days and then they get off. And then, then the next year they have feet again. Well, the winter tick gets on these moose in like September. And they stay on them the whole winter in different stages. They, they molt the next day. They're still staying on the moose. So they literally end up having thousands of ticks on them. I mean, it's just, it's devastating them. And the moose can't groom themselves you know, like a, like a cat can or like a possum can. So what they do is they're trying to rub them off, you know, on trees and whatever. And they, they're losing their furs. 
So then they have, they get down to their white fur and they call them ghost moose because they look kind of ghostly because they're, they're so white. Yeah. And the calves, the babies, the, uh, the calves of the moose uh, are really affected badly by it. And they're losing them. I mean, they're dying because they can't uh, handle so many thousands of ticks. You know, they're sucking their blood and just, it just really, it's a serious uh, topic up there. Yeah. And there's, and it, no, there's just no way to help them out at all. Know yeah, I mean, like like you were saying, how do you control burn a whole yeah. forest, you know, <laughs> a million acres, you know? Yeah. I, 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 you know what I mean? And uh, and that's that's just one area. There's other areas of the country too that is that's bothered. But I know I, I've read a lot about it up there, especially, and the people have told me that live there. Uh, that that that's a, I mean, that's really a shame when it's hurting wildlife to that extent. Well, I don't guess. I mean, a moose is a endangered species i mean that i know of i mean i could be 100 wrong on that but i guess if it got to the point that they're almost thinning out the species the moose species i mean maybe some outdoor experienced people would like to try to get in there and hey we, we, yeah. we maybe we should try control burns or maybe there's got to be something out there that can start <laughs> killing them off i don't know but I don't, if they, it got to that point so yeah they're not they're not a dangerous species up there i know because they still have moose hunts they're, oh okay definitely yeah my my brother lives up there too. He's not a moose hunter, but uh, yeah, they definitely have moose hunts up there. So, but but it's really, I mean, uh, the the DNR people are are really noticing it, and uh, I mean, it's it's an issue that I've not heard of just once. I've heard of it numerous times. Hang on. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, I wasn't even imagining where to start at this seeing an animal like that or whatever, but. Um, have you ever heard of uh do you know who David Sinclair is? He's a Harvard Harvard professor. And um I wanted to talk about this earlier, but it just hit me to bring it up now. But uh I think his daughter got Lyme disease or somebody close to him got Lyme disease anyway. And his big thing right now is working on kind of reverse aging in humans. And he's actually developing, it's called a CRISPR system, C-R-I-S-P-R, I think is what it's called. And it's basically where you can change your genes using, I'm not a basic computer like what we're using today, but like, you know, <laughs> supercomputers, what I would suppose. So, but what he was trying to promote is that, uh, because when his daughter was got infected with a Lyme disease, I can't remember if she got it or she was getting treated or whatever, but he he wanted to go in the computer and like change her genes so that Lyme disease wouldn't affect her like the symptoms we were talking about earlier. So I was wondering if you really had any research on that or knew anything about it. No, I haven't heard of that particular one. There, yeah. There's been a lot of uh, it might celebrity be little... Hollywood people that have gotten Lyme disease yeah. and uh, brought to light even more. Uh, because I mean, hey, Lyme ticks don't care <laughs> skin yeah. color, yeah, sex, yeah. You know, who you are, nothing. They're just looking for blood. So they don't. Uh, uh, we're not picky about anything like that, but yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I yeah, mean, it, it, it's, it can happen, you know, because actually, you know, we're, we're moving into more rural areas now than what we used to. Yeah. Uh, deer populations are good. Uh, some people blame it on, on, uh, uh, you know, climate change, a little, getting a little warmer. Uh, so numerous factors that, that help, uh, ticks remain plentiful, mm -hmm. which, which is a shame, you know, we wish we could get rid of them. Uh, but it's really hard to, like you were saying, how do you do that? It, it's, it, that's a tough thing to figure out, you know, cause normally, you know, in, in your yard, in some of those areas, uh, ticks are normally going to be in higher tall grass. All right. Right. Uh, in somebody's yard, it's best to keep that as, as clean as you can. What I mean by that is, is a grass cut. Uh, they're going to, they're going to be in, uh, more shaded areas than out in the sunlight. So if you have a swing set, put that in the sunny areas. Don't put it in the shade. You'll have less apt to get ticks. You know, in in the in the uh, in the in the sunny area. Sure. You know, because they need the moisture. So uh, uh, clean, cleaning up around wood piles. You know, the leaf litter, uh, things like that. You know, I mean, that's on my website even too. Uh, here's another thing is too that a lot of people don't realize. Let's say you're out in a in a tick area, and you come back and you find a tick on you. Well, you found one, but there still may be others too. What you do, and let's say you did not treat your clothes. Here's what you do: you take your clothes and you put them in the dryer 
on high for about 15 minutes. The dry heat will kill the ticks. Then put them in the washer. You don't put them in the washer first because they can live, they can survive that. But dry heat, see, they, they need moisture and, and, and dampness uh, to survive. They can't stand the, the, dry, the dry heat, so that will kill them in a dryer. Really? I wouldn't, yeah. I would like the complete opposite on that. Yep. No, you want to dry them and kill them first at about 15 minutes on high and then wash them. You're close. Well, that makes huh. So they can't stand yeah. heat, no heat. No, they don't, they don't like the heat like that. Yeah, that's for sure. You're never going to see them in the middle of a, uh, in the middle of like a, of a playground, you know, that's in the sun. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to be on a pavement. They need that vegetation, you know, as, as a buffer, uh, from the, from the sunlight. Uh, so something like that, that makes sense. Yeah. It makes perfect sense now. I mean, yeah, I never, I never, I've never, you know, like I don't, like I said earlier, I don't know a lot about ticks and I never really thought about, I thought always when you go into the woods, that's where they're at, but that makes sense why they're in the woods now and not out in direct heat. Yeah. You know, like woods and vegetables. You never, you never talked to the tick terminator before. That's, that's true. I've never, yeah. I mean, usually just come up this, <laughs> take your dog for ticks during, during the summer. It's like usually just how far is my conversation went with it. But, uh, yeah. but with your work, I mean, are you traveling around giving out this information or how does it, what, you know, I think you spoke at a couple of conferences and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. I, sp I speak at conferences you know, for the outdoor workers. I also have uh, a couple of, uh, I made up for them uh, last year because I work a lot with safety directors. Okay, think of a safety director at a power company, okay? Sure. His job is to keep his workers as healthy as possible. That way they're more productive. Think of it, your, your, your buddy who's uh, alignment, okay? Yeah. He, I mean, when he's dealing with, death you know life and death with any move he makes he has to be at the top of his game all right so he's got to be sharp he's got to you know have all his faculties with him so uh that's what they do uh so about a year ago i i had a couple safety directors ask me say well uh, they're not going to spend hundreds of hours like i have done you know in this so they asked me could you put together some little brief thing so that we could help when we're talking to our people and giving uh, their, their workers, we'll call it the tick talk <laughs> in the true sense of the word, the tick talk. Okay. Yeah. I, I, so I made, I made this up a year ago. I called the tick prevention safety guide. It's four pages of uh, all kinds of different things, you know, about prevention, about how ticks operate, stuff like that. Uh, and then this year I came up with uh, the one I called the hidden cost of Lyme disease. So I, I sent these out to my safety directors here too. And I, I send them out to everybody, anybody that wants one. Uh, and I tell people, you can make copies of it all you want. Uh, send it to anybody. It's, it's you know, it, it's, 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 it's a uh, information. It's not a sales uh, page at all. Mm -hmm. I, at the end, I say, you know, for more information to get stuff in like one sense, but it's, it's information. Uh, and this year, the hidden cost of Lyme disease, because a lot of people don't realize that the Lyme disease can just be so we'll call it debilitating where uh i mean think about it i mean you feel weak uh you you, you may your vision may be going mm -hmm. uh you have the brain fog the achy joints flu-like symptoms you can't work and this sometimes if if it becomes chronic like that that could go on for months and months uh people can end up losing their jobs uh you can't go on family vacation uh people lose their marriages uh, so it goes, those are the hidden costs of Lyme disease that people don't think about. Yeah. So that's what I came up with this year. Uh, I want to do something easy. I'll probably write a book here in the, in the future here too. Nice. Uh, with all of my different crazy experiences that we didn't even talk about yet. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're funny ones. How many years have you been doing this? Well, I've been really doing the research probably going almost 10 years now. Okay. About. I've really been getting into it in the last, uh, four or five. Okay. And I never dreamed five years ago that I'd be <laughs> doing what we're doing right now. Yeah. You know, it's kind of evolved into that, you know? Yeah. Sure. So, I mean, uh, podcasts seemed to, I mean, five years ago, podcasts were still kind of, I guess they were kind of half, yeah, they're pretty big. They're big, but not like they are now. It seems like almost oh, yeah. millions and millions of podcasts out there now. Almost everybody. Podcasts are, are wonderful for people, you know, as you're driving to listen to something like this, you listen to a topic that you want or mm -hmm. listen to interesting shows like what you have. 
Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's really cool, and you get a lot of good information for nothing, you know. Yeah, that's one of the reasons. Like I've, I've been always been a podcast guy, and I know not everyone is one because, but this is some people say they put them to sleep. Some people they just don't, you know, cared about listening to people talk. But yeah, I mean, you find something that's interesting, and I get stuff out of it. You learn little pearls and gems, and yeah, yeah, and like I've learned a few things like tonight, and hopefully other people are learning too, and they you know pass it along, you know. Yeah. yeah, especially the stuff you don't even think about as far as like, you know, Lyme disease and ticks and tick prevention and because Lyme disease is pretty serious and it seems like it's just getting more serious. So it is. It's not going away anytime soon. Yeah. So, you know, talking about your book, you know, you, this, you said you, some crazy experiments. Let's sit on a couple of those or whatever you just talked about. <laughs> well, cr- crazy things that have happened to me. I remember uh, uh, back back when I was uh, when I first got married, I remember. uh <laughs> I moved my wife from the, at that time I was living in lower Michigan in, uh, and, and more of a city type of area. Okay. Okay. And that's where my wife was. Okay. And then we moved up to a very rural area in upper Michigan. And, uh, she was basically a, kind of like a city girl. Okay. And I'm this country guy and an outdoor guy. And I bring her to the woods. You know, when we get married in 79, so I've been still married 43 years, still the same woman, still love. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, blessed with that i got a great sure. one but anyways uh, i bring her up there and that first summer everything was new to her we were living in my grandparents house who had passed away my my parents hadn't moved there yet they were going to move in a couple more years so uh we're out there uh i mean 175 acres in the woods okay beautiful field out there we're having a picnic in the field picture okay and uh having a picnic and after we're having to have our lunch I'm looking at my wife and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she is so good looking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what, man? There is nobody around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think I got to get a little romance going here, you know. Okay. okay. <laughs> See where this is going to go. And so I'm working on that. And all of a sudden she says, honey, she says, what are those little brown things crawling on the blanket? Oh. Her first time she'd ever oh. seen a tick. Uh-oh. And, and I said, don't worry about those, especially <laughs> right now. You know what I mean? Uh, don't, don't get out of here. Don't worry about it. Give me a few minutes. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, guess what? She worried about them. Oh, sure. And that was the end of my blanket party that day. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. So that was our first ex- her first experience with ticks, because I'd seen them on my grandpa. You know, uh, uh, grandpa's dog. We'd yeah. get them as we're we're kids. You know, when I was a little six, seven years old. You know, we'd go up and visit, and we'd strip down, and nothing. Mama come pick us ticks off us, and I thought it was kind of funny. You know, yeah. never had a problem. Now, well, anyways, a couple years later, we did manage to have kids. Okay, and the kids would go out to visit grandpa because they lived in out in that beautiful spot in the woods, 175 acres. Okay, so they would go out to visit, and my mom. Figured, hey, I'm gonna uh, try to get the grandkids, you know, use the ticks because that's just part of living. You know, this was in the early, the mid '80s. So, uh, so she figures she's gonna pay them, uh, say, a quarter for every tick they get on them. And sometimes that's not bad. I mean, so one day my son comes home with a dollar. He probably got four ticks that day, and, and his sister, oh, she didn't want any. You know, she, she didn't go into the grass as much as my son did. So the next time he goes out there, he says, "Hey, Grandma gives me." a quarter for every tick. I bet I could get eight ticks. I could probably come home with two bucks this time. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> so, so grandma starts figuring this out. Says, this little kid's going to run me broke. So uh, anyway, she ends up dropping it down to a dime. And eventually, you know, she's, you know, has had to scrap the story. So uh, anyways, that's a, uh, wait, that's why, did she, why did she want them to get ticks on her? She, no, she wanted them to get used to getting ticks on them because okay. it's just part of being out there. I'm with you now. Okay. I mean, they have one uh, uh, two-rut road out there in the woods. We called it Raspberry Lane. Okay. And one day they were out there picking raspberries, and the dog was their dog was with them out there. And that night they always picked the ticks off the dog. Well, that night they set a record. They 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 picked off 163 ticks off the dog that night. Yeah, one night, one sitting. One night. 163. That is so, crazy. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I got another funny story too. Was uh, fast forward another couple of years, I'm doing some work in some houses, you know, underneath them. Let's say maybe uh, 
uh, floor joists, you know, run a wires, stuff like that for satellites and, and, and telephones. And I come home at night. I said, honey, I, I got a sliver on my back, right, right back here where you can hardly even touch it, you know? And, uh, I said, you need to get a, a, a pen and then you got to dig out the sliver. I, I can't reach it. So she gets a sliver. She's all ready to dig it out. And she says, honey, it's not a sliver. It's a tick. It oh. had kind of buried itself into my skin there, which yeah. they don't normally do. And we tried all kinds of different things to get it out. We tried, uh, uh, rubbing alcohol. We tried, uh, all the wise tales, you know, like, uh, uh vaseline on there i've never heard tried to get a, yeah she tried to get a match next to it without burning me you know and yeah. that didn't work yeah. so we finally went out to show my mom and dad because they never seen one quite like that either i ended up actually going to a doctor uh to get it out the proper way because it was really buried it's very unusual so anyways uh doctor what does he use a fine tip tweezers i thought well i could have done that <laughs> you know but that's how you learn you know yeah. And I like to teach, tell it to people that say those wives' tales, most of them don't work. And you're going to make the tick mad. You don't want to tick off a tick mm -hmm. and you want to take it off gently. So uh, that's, that's kind of what I, I learned from that. You know, there's a lot uh -huh. of good puns using the word tick that I never thought of until talking to you tonight. Just, you know, <laughs> never realized there's that many that you can just use, but I love it. So you got to have fun with it, you know, yeah, man, for sure. Uh, laugh and laugh and learn. Is it true? Like I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, but when you if you pull the tick off and you grab it maybe by its stomach and you don't and the head's still attached, can it still, you know, I guess suck blood out of you or is it just or is it completely dead? Because I've heard about that before. Once you pull it out of you? Or yeah, when you like if you pull it off and you just get all of the stomach and stuff and you the head still, but it's the head still attached to the skin or your dog or whatever, is it still able to I don't think it's going to be able to survive as much. Okay. Because, yeah, you're kind of damaging it there, too. And if you get that stuck in your skin a little bit, you know, uh, which is very common to have happen, just wash it off with soap and water, rubbing alcohol, something like that, and your body will naturally just, you know, get rid of that stuff on its own in a few days. Yeah, but uh, you said they usually don't bury themselves into you, right? No, not quite that. Usually they're flopping like a skin tag. You can flop them back and forth right. on you, you know? Why but that it, one that buried itself in into my skin back there. Is that just uh, just just because? I mean, why would a tick want to try to bury itself into somebody? Is that? I I don't know why. He said something looked good there. So uh, okay. I I remember seeing another uh, another story here was was a uh, uh, my wife says, hey, honey, you got to see this uh, picture on Facebook, and uh, it, it was a magnified picture. I was I said, okay, I give up, honey. What am I looking at? She says, honey, what you're looking at is the, the white of somebody's eyeball. That little brown dot is a tick stuck to the white of their eyeball. You heard me. Crazy. Yeah. This was actually a lineman in the state of Kentucky a couple of years ago. He was out doing his job. Sure. Everything right. Safety glasses, everything. And uh, moving some brush around. And this little baby, baby tick flicked up. And end up getting stuck in the white of his eyeball. They, obviously, they didn't know it was a tick. So uh, they uh, tried washing off. They did everything right. And yeah. a fine, eventually, after a couple hours, they couldn't get it off. So they took to a, an eye doctor. And he takes a picture of it. And he said, yeah, that's a tick. And they, they, he pulled it off. And, and, and he's OK. Uh, they gave him antibiotics just to be safe you know, and everything. Uh, but you never know where they're going to get. I mean, think about this. A, a tick will get stuck on any place where there is skin. Yeah. So I say, ladies, yep, down there. Men, yep, yep down there yeah. too. Any place. Uh, so that's why it's important to do a tick checks. You may want a mirror down place like that. <laughs> I've heard of places out in uh, Vermont or New Hampshire, I can't remember where it was, that uh, it could have been a state, maybe like a DNR place, where they uh, literally have uh, rooms for their people to come in at night and they're, they're I mean, like uh, the size of an old fashioned uh, uh, phone booth. Okay. Probably small like that. It's all mirrors. So they can bend over and look every place for ticks <laughs> with all mirrors just that, to do their tick check. Yeah. I was trying to think if I've ever, I don't think I've ever had one on me, right? If I have, I can't remember, but can you really not film if they get on you? I mean, is it, I mean, is that, I know you got to check, but I mean, Usually, like a, you can feel like an itch or something, but is it usually just no feeling at all? That's, is that why you don't? A lot of times you cannot feel them. 
And you can't even hardly feel when they bite you either. Hmm. Because God gave them the special little saliva that they'll, well, I'll just say it like this. They kind of spit on there. And so they kind of uh, cover up the, the feeling of, of them actually bit. Because you don't even hardly feel when you get bit. Like a mosquito, you can feel when a mosquito bites you. Sure. In most times. But you can't normally feel when a tick bites you. Yeah. Huh. Well, I guess that makes sense then. Yeah. That's just pretty crazy. Think of all you learned tonight eh? and all your all your listeners, how much they learned about ticks tonight, too. <laughs> or whenever they listen to this, I should say. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, maybe we should just take it home on that one right there, you know? Sure. Uh, um, all the learning and stuff. So before we get off here, Brian, why don't you – I know you spoke a bit about your website, but how do they find you, find a website, learn more, anything you want to share, all that good stuff? Yeah, they can go to my website. My website is called The Tick Terminator. Uh, they go on there. They can see the – uh, some products, but there's a whole bunch of good information on there too. All kinds of good information about ticks and a lot of stuff I talked about here about Lyme disease and so on. They can get products on there too, which is very important to use. Uh, and uh, yeah, they can uh, get that kind of stuff there. I think I want to go on there and do a little, I made a little shopping list while we were talking, <laughs> go on there and <laughs> get some repellent, make sure yeah. I'm covered on, you know, I got to eat that meat, man. Yeah, just for that thing. So, uh, and tell your buddy about it too. I don't know if I've talked to him wherever he works as a as a lineman, or if he works for a co op or a municipality or, or whatever. It's one of the uh, major power line companies down through this area. So I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you off the air. I don't really want to put out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. No, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, again, Brian, thanks, man. This was awesome. I appreciate you teaching me stuff, man. Well, so, thanks for having me. As yeah. you can tell, I enjoy talking about ticks, and I like yeah. to do speaking in different places too. I, I got a charge for that, of course. Of course, uh, but it's uh, but uh, nobody talks about ticks like the tick terminator. <laughs> well, if you write that <laughs> book, man, if you get that book wrote, man, well, maybe we'll get you back on here and we can take a deep dive in down that and some more areas or something. So, all right, man. All right, good. All right, uh, folks, we're out of here. Good fight. Good night. Check yourself always. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park